Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. NCAA tournament hasn't even started yet. The madness has already begun in March. Who would have thought? There's so much to talk about this week. News all over. Uh, the NFL, one of the biggest trades in NFL history. Baseball is back. Khalil Mack's gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, we... It's one of our bigger episodes. We had to bring back uh, Marshall Macaluso, who's going to be talking about the big Russell uh, Wilson trade in just a second. Uh, before we get to him, so here's my initial thoughts fr- from the stuff uh, this week. I mean, first off, initial reaction with Aaron Rodgers staying and Russell Wilson now going to the Broncos. The NFC is up for grabs. I mean, you look at the elite quarterbacks, and I think in today's NFL, you can no longer win. Like, the days of having a great defense – and just like a game manager at quarterback are kind of gone. Like you watch the playoffs this year, who's succeeding? Joe Burrow, like good quarterbacks. You need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl or a very good quarterback at the very least to win a Super Bowl in today's NFL. I mean, in the NFC now that Tom Brady's retired and Wilson's gone, you got Matt Stafford, you got Aaron Rodgers, and other than that, it's a lot of mediocre quarterbacks. Like there's a lot that's going to be up in the air. I think the NFC for the first time in a while uh, it, it's up for grabs. It really, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, so it is really anyone's race. I'm interested to see how that pans out. And the AFC now is going to be a dogfight with all the elite quarterback play. I mean, going through a list, if you have all the elite quarterback, who I consider elite th- these days, it's all, it's basically all FC. And in no particular order, you got Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, Herbert, Allen, Burrow, and then you could probably go Rodgers, and I think Stafford. I mean, people would already push back on Stafford a little bit. If you watch him in the playoffs this year, the, the man's an elite quarterback. So NFC is going to be wide open. AFC could be a bloodbath, which should be interesting. But I really like the move for the Broncos. And I think, listen, between the two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is probably better. And I know a lot of Broncos fans wanted him, but I would make the argument Russell Wilson's actually a much better fit for this team. I think between the two, the Broncos have a pretty young wide receiver room. Aaron Rodgers, you can tell he's he very much he doesn't trust a whole lot of his younger guys. Devontae Adams, he kind of leans on him a lot. He's the type of guy he'll throw an interception, make a mistake, and you're getting a whole lot of like he, he doesn't seem as as patient as a Russell Wilson would be. So I think from a team perspective with that young wide receiver room, I think Russell Wilson's going to be a lot better for the, the K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judys of the world than an Aaron Rodgers would be. There's a little bit more patience there with the younger wide receiver group. I think you get more years out of a Russell Wilson, especially if you resign him longer. He's a little bit younger, so you're going to get some more years out of him as well. And I don't think he's scared of a tough division. I think he's been used to playing. I mean, he played in a brutal division uh, in, in the NFC there with the 49ers and Cardinals who've been consistently good. And, and the Rams, he's got he's got to face. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you, you get that tough AFC division. I don't, I don't think it really phases them. So I think that's a great fit all of around. I think all the pieces were there. And now that they have an elite quarterback, that's a legit contender o- over there in Denver. Hey, meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, I think it made sense for him too to stay in Green Bay because look at that division. It's, it's terrible. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to be back. Most likely, uh, he's getting the money he wants and he doesn't have to be the villain. And I, I think he can still be the center of attention and get all the, uh, accolades he wants there where, with Denver, he doesn't have a whole lot of excuses. Like, you, he, he went to Denver, didn't win right away, that, you know, be a resume thing. So I think both quarterbacks made the right decision. Uh, well, I mean, Russell Wilson didn't really have a decision, but I, I think he's almost a better fit for the Broncos than an Aaron Rodgers would be. Uh, Marsh, you done eating? You, you there? I am done eating. I am ready to talk some football. All right. 
It yes, welcome back, Marshall Macaluso, our old friend, and he, he, the man was very excited uh, when the news broke. Uh, if you don't follow him on Snapchat, you really should. Or add him on Snapchat. You, the memes were off the charts, uh, but yeah, the floor is yours. What do you What do you think about your Broncos? Man, I will tell you what. I feel like I was saying we're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away for so long, and I see on my phone Aaron Rodgers resigns with the Packers, and I'm like, well, let's see, we're going to run out Drew Lock for 17 games, we're probably going to win five of them, maybe we'll draft someone in the first round this year, they're probably all bad, maybe next year, but I don't want to wait that long, but I will tell you what right now, what this move tells me is that the Broncos are one of the best GMs in the NFL. This man, George Payton, who is a new GM last year, not only he made an insanely large gamble with taking Pastor Tan over Justin Fields. If you put me in that GM chair, I'm 100% 10 out of 10 times taking the quarterback in that situation. Because like I said, we're quarterback away. It's all we need. We're so close. Got a comp- competent defense. We have a really good wide receiver core. A stud young running back. We have a good O-line. All we need is the quarterback. He takes the corner. He takes the corner back and Pastor Tan, and I was like, what are we doing? But he held out. He re-signs Tim Patrick, re-signs Cortland Sion, and I was hearing uh, from some insiders that at the time, it was under the assumption that when they made those deals, that they were going to have an improvement at QB, and he followed through. I think we actually we got a steal in Russell Wilson, only two first-round picks, one of which was probably going to go to a quarterback anyway that may or may not be good. But instead, we can use two of them in two seconds, one of which we just got from Vaughn Miller. Um, and now we have a Hall of Fame, like, proven the top five quarterback at his peak. And I'm really excited. I think that we're in a division where we we beat the Chargers last year with Teddy Bridgewater. The Raiders are, you know, they're a good team. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, we're going to smoke them because, you know, their car is competitive and they're, uh, they have a decent roster. And we got the Chiefs, who we also competed with, but we had Mr. Drew Locke, who I am very happy to see go. No offense. Best of luck, Drew, but uh, you are not good for us. And uh, now we have Russell Wilson. And, I, yeah, I, I truly do think that, like, we have a very good shot to win the AFC West. We have a really good shot to make a deep run in the playoffs. The AFC is stacked, but I think, like, we've built up this roster. We got Nathaniel Hackett, who's an offensive-minded head coach that has proven it a lot. And uh, now he has a quarterback that checks all of his boxes that he wants to see under center. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Plus, he's a likable guy. I mean, you don't have to deal with him yes. going on the Pat McAfee show. There's not all the extra drama. I did not want to root for Aaron Rodgers. And I would have done it if he was my quarterback. But, uh, and yeah, I, like you said, I mean, I definitely think that this is... Because that was a tough thing for Aaron Rodgers, is that if we traded for him, it's going to be a lot of draft capital for maybe... I mean, how long do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the rest of his career? Like Four years, maybe? Yeah, four years. I mean, it's not a four-year deal to make him the highest played NFL or play in the NFL. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I could definitely see a future where – I mean, he's already talked retirement. I could definitely see a future where he doesn't sign a deal after that one. Um, <laughs> but we, we – Russell Wilson's only 33. And uh, Seahawks, I'll tell you what, that is I, – I think they could have got – they should have gotten a lot more for that. But I, that's just me. Yeah, I see – I understand what they're trying to do. Well, it was actually, it surprised me at first. Cause I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't think there was a shot. Cause Pete Carroll's like 70. 
So he's not going to sit through a rebuild. I figured he had his quarterback there. And Russ, it seemed like, while he said he wanted out last year, it seemed like he was willing to make it work. So I was surprised I got rid of him. What that told me was uh, they must have liked the quarterback in the combine or that they're going to draft because, like, I don't see Pete Carroll sitting through a rebuild. Um, I mean, you get some good draft cap when return. Shelby Harris is a, a nice uh, Harrison is a nice piece, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you compare the two, I think the Broncos made out pretty well for considering what they had to give up. I, I think, was it a lot? Yeah, but like, I would do that in a, the heartbeat, I think. And, and considering too, the Seahawks don't draft particularly well, you only get two first rounds there. So you don't know what you're going to get. I, the Broncos made out very well, I, I think, in that trade. And especially, I think the biggest thing for me was like, you know, we're, we're, we're in win now mode now, like from this point moving forward. So obviously the draft capital is like one of those things where it's like, I mean, we just saw what the LA Rams did. They were not concerned with their draft positioning in the future years. They were like, we have a stacked roster. We need to win right now. We do what we, whatever we can to improve upon that. I was just a little worried that we were going to give up some key players. I know like Bradley Chubb and Pastor Tan were two names that we're talking about a lot over the last saga of like who would trade for a quarterback. Um, and I mean, Shelby Harris, that's a tough one to lose. I love Shelby Harris. He's a really good uh, D lineman, but I mean, D lineman, they don't win your Super Bowls uh, by themselves. Um, Noah Fant, I mean, he was good. He was misused. I really liked him, but we have a younger tight end. We can always get tight end depth. And uh, he's in a, this is going to be his last year on his contract, so they want to sign if they can, but he's going to be a free agent in a year. And then uh, Drew Locke, who I have not, like I said, not said to see go. So I, we didn't really give up any uh, positional value, which I was I, – that, that was the one thing. Because if you're going to rebuild or, you know, maybe not rebuild, but like retool and draft like a rookie quarterback and see if you can build around him, you're obviously going to want those pieces. And I thought that's what they would want, one of our stud receivers or something like that, but it didn't happen. Yeah, and I mean, if Noah Fant's the best offensive piece you're giving up, and look, I think he, he was always mentioned as like one of the better weapons on the Broncos, and he has all the tools. Like, if you look at him, you're like, this is a physically gifted tight end. I always thought he kind of underperformed. Like, I was a little disappointed yeah. by his production with the Broncos, and you have Albert O, who was very good last year. You maybe need a blocking tight end. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot of weaknesses there. And the Broncos O-line, pass blocking rise, they rated 11th in the NFL last year, so Russ is not going to be running for his life as much as he was. I mean, boy, the sky's the limit. What do you think? Now, I I would still have the Chiefs favored just because battle-tested. It's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You got the best head coach in the division, best quarterback still in the division. Um, But, I mean, roster-wise, you could argue the Broncos probably have a deeper roster. There's some question marks with Kansas City. Where do you see the Broncos finishing in the division? In the division? Uh, Well, I... I I definitely think. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be must see TV. Honestly, the AFC West. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of prime time games. We're gonna see. I mean, these two quarterbacks. You can pick any quarterback matchup. It's gonna be anyone. I think we can win it. I think we can win it. I mean, like we 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 been competitive with all of the teams in our division with bottom third quarterback play. And I think I think our I think we have the best defense in the AFC West. And I think now that we have a quarterback who is as good, uh, and let's not forget, I mean, Russell Wilson, it's not, like, this dude is done it all. He's won, he's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's won one. I mean, he, he, has, he is a veteran. He has been through the process. He does not crack under pressure. And, like, I think that it, that experience is going to help a ton, especially when, like we mentioned before, I mean, we, overall, we have a pretty young roster. 
it's not as young as it used to be. Um, but uh, I mean, we got we got dudes on rookie contracts in a lot of positions, uh, and we, now we have a proven, battle-tested leader. Which that was kind of the thing that we kind of saw from Teddy Bridgewater that definitely helped. I mean, he wasn't the best quarterback in the world, but he was a he's a veteran. He can run the league. Uh, he's a leader, and I think I mean, and that was one of the big things that I'm so excited for is Russell West Wilson. You will not hear people say a negative thing about him in terms of like the locker. That yep. dude's a leader. That dude is the guy who you want to be at the head of your football team, and I think that's going to be really beneficial. Also, you know, with first year head coach, that that is definitely helped. And I mean, you look at his resume, and I love Russell Wilson more than most. I consider him one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I always consistently put him near my top five. Because, like, he all he does, if you look, he, my, minus last year, and I think a lot of that was because of the thumb injury and whatnot, all he does is win 10-plus games. They're, they're always in the playoffs, and he carries a lot of terrible O-lines. The defense has deteriorated, and everyone's like, oh, he got his one Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom. Yeah, but you look at when a lot of those pieces went away, he was still keeping that team competitive, and it was a lot of teams that really shouldn't have been all that competitive. He carries them for a good portion of the season. So now that he's got some help, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be deadly to watch. Yeah. Last Broncos question for you. Von Miller had some tweets, maybe a little subtweeting there. Maybe it was straightforward. He said, oh, you know, I'm kind of missing the old thing. Do you think he resigns now? Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's like a fan. I think I think it'd be awesome. Uh, it's interesting. I've actually heard from one of Broncos insiders that, that Von Miller is not in the plans to be four, which I think would be really tough. I, I think that, you know, he's a dude who obviously, like, the players want back. Uh, it was funny because it was the day before the Russell Wilson trade where he's like, hey, Broncos country, like, what's up? And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he knew about something before everyone else did. Because he says, hmm, Broncos are finally going to get a quarterback? Maybe, maybe I can come on that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Now, the other thing, too, is like, we have a lot, we had a lot of draft capital, and we had a lot in terms of money to spend in terms of free agency. Russell Wilson is not making a ton of money. $24 million a year for that, the quarterback of that caliber. We have a lot of money to spend on free agents. And so, I mean, honestly, if I'm sitting here, if I'm George Payton, I'm looking at Chandler Jones, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a dude who, like, I love Von Miller. He's one of my favorite NFL players. He's probably my favorite NFL player of all time. Uh, but, uh, I mean, in terms of, like, quality, I definitely think that Chandler Jones could be a dude who, if we pair him up with Bradley Chubb, that would be that'd be very difficult uh, for opposing our lines. Segwaying to this, now, if you tuned into the show last week, and judging by the ratings, you didn't, uh, I was talking with Aiden, and, and um, we are talking about Carson Wentz and where he could potentially go. So we were both kind of agreed Aaron Rodgers probably was staying in Green Bay, wouldn't go to the Broncos. And actually, we had an argument where I made a case, like, I think he'd be a good good fit in Denver. Uh, I don't understand why the Colts are trying to get rid of him, especially with no backup plan. Well, they winded up trading him, like we thought, did not end up going to the Broncos, and I think you're relieved about that, considering the alternative you guys got. Yes. Um <laughs> he ends up going to the Washington Commanders now. So Commander Carson, I think it has a nice ring to it. I'll be honest. I think Jim Irsay, because I feel like Chris Ballard's smart. Frank Reich had a good relationship with Carson Wentz. I think that's all Jim Irsay that traded him because a knee-jerk reaction because he was pissed how the last game of the season went. All right, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Uh, I mean... You can do a lot worse than that. Is that was the best turnover to interception ratio he's had he, for his career? He's a two to one touchdown interception guy. He's got a big arm, athletic. 
I mean, he's not going to be back in his, I, I admit, he will never be back into his 2017 MVP form. But I think he can do a lot worse in this league than Carson Wentz. Um, I think in with the commanders, he's going to have a little bit better outside weapons. Terry McLaurin, and I like Michael Pittman, but he's better than anything he's thrown to in Indy. The running game's still solid. You got a nice tight end with Logan Thomas and some defense and a good, good, another good head coach. I still think, I think with that division too, he's the second best quarterback in that division. Uh, behind Dak and the NFC's wide open. I think the Commanders could easily make a play, the like playoffs with Carson Wentz. And if you're the Colts, what are you gonna get? Mitch Trubisky or Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, I like Jimmy, hey, but like, hey, come on. Jameis is out there, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, ugh, coming off injury, and they, you know what? They complain about Carson Wentz making head scratching decisions, which he does at times, a lot of times. And you want Jameis Winston to be your solution? I mean, I don't know, man. That seems hypocritical. I think it's a good move for Washington. Yeah, I you know, I I would I would completely agree with you if it were not for the price tag. Um, I do think. Look, I'm telling you right now, if the if the if the football if the Commanders football team whatever they whatever you want me to call them if they're in the AFC, this is stupid. Yeah. It's like, it's, there's no shot you're going to compete with these guys. Um, but and, you know, in the AFC, they got they got a pretty weak division. Eagles are kind of there, maybe maybe not. Jury's still kind of out on Jalen Hurts. Uh, Cowboys, you know, they look legit, but the, the Commanders have been competitive with them recently. Um, and, uh, I mean, the Giants are total crap, uh, so don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I just think that there's, like, three tiers that you're going to have. It's a quarterback where, hey, we get this guy on our team, instant contenders. Russell Wilson, see Russell Wilson. You know, those dudes who are just, like, upper echelon, if we have them... We are gonna, we are gonna, we, are, we can make a deep playoff run. I'm not talking about playoffs. I'm not talking about winning a division. I'm talking like we have, is reality that we win this whole thing. Then there's a tier, there's the tier three, which is just like we're tanking essentially. This dude is not it, but we don't ever really have any other options. See Jared Goff from the Lions last year. Um, and then there's tier two, where there are these guys who will make you a good football team, but you just know, like, I mean, I think there's like the Kirk Cousins of the world. The Derek Carrs of the world, where I, you know, you acquire a quarterback like that. Obviously, you can build around them and make a really good roster. It's not one guy that's going to win your Super Bowl, but at the same time, that quarterback is just not. He's not the dude who's going to make those big time throws in those under the light playoff games. And I think that's. I think Carson Wentz is tier two. I think he can make him a good team. I think he can make him competitive. Um, but at the same time, I just don't think that he's like going to win you a championship, uh, make those deep playoff runs. Honestly, though, from the commander's perspective, I get it. I feel like if they if they are in a position where they feel as if that they have a good roster, that they just need a quarterback and Taylor Heineke, who I really want to root for, because I do like him, and he's not it. We've seen that. He's still very young, but I just don't think that he's going to be your guy. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. They're paying a lot of money. I mean, they've already had to release uh, Landon Collins, and he even said, like, the money is not... The money's not, it's changed now that we have, we have Carson Wentz under contract. So, you know, from their perspective, I like completely understand. I mean, if Broncos do that, it's like, no, we're not going to compete with Pat Mahomes. This is stupid. It's just a waste of like draft capital. We're paying him too much. Players do it. Hey, he can put us above the Eagles. He can make us up there with the, with the Cowboys. So I kind of, I kind of get it. It is what it is. I, like you said, the quarterback market outs, and they, they tried for us Wilson. 
Um, and he just he waived. He would not waive his no trade clause for them. He would only do it for the Broncos reportedly. And so, look, if they're out of options and they're like, we don't. And this draft is not good, in my opinion. And so, if they're thinking, hey, we just got to take a flyer on Carson Wentz, maybe we can uh, figure him out. But in terms of the Colts, though, I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they can replicate what Kyle Shanahan did with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in Indy. I don't see why not. Maybe, but. <laughs> Yes. I mean, yeah, you could, but I, I think the we- outside weapons is where they differentiate. And Frank Reich and Kyle Shanahan, those are two excellent play callers. So I mean, but Kyle Shanahan, like the, the way that forty, like th- with the Forty ers I think you're going to see a Pete Garoppolo. And I like Jimmy. I think Jimmy's a winner. He's won everywhere he goes. But. I mean, that he's in an ideal spot. There's no Debo Samuel on the Colts. Like, they're two outside receivers. You got Michael Pittman. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. I, I think the Bengals showed, though, in today's NFL, you kind of need, like, perimeter weapons can over, like, they, if you have guys to throw to a good quarterback and a lot of weapons in today's league, like, you, you can make a Super Bowl. And the Colts, I just, with just Jonathan Taylor is their main weapon, like, I don't, Michael Pittman's a good number two, but there's no Debo Samuel. There's no Brandon Ayuk. I just, I don't think Jimmy would be as good with the, the I think it would be a lateral move. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a lateral move, but I guess if, you, if your concern is uh, is turnovers, which like you said, I mean, they went through seven picks last year. So that's pretty, that's, I, I give Carson Wentz kudos for that. But I do, I do believe that I think Frank Wright has something to do with this. I think that if Frank Wright has, has said, hey, like like we talked about, like Frank Reich is the dude who like originally kind of put Carson Wentz in that like high quality position. He kind of fostered that relationship, and you saw like the improvement based on last year to the year before when he was uh, last year on the Eagles, which was just a crap show. Um, but uh, I, I think that if Frank Reich cannot make him, uh, you know, turn this team and have Carson Wentz become like a playoff QB and a deep playoff run, like I don't think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just, yeah, from the Colts' perspective, I, I was furious, and I'm not even a Colts fan, but, like, for me, like, if the reason was the Jaguars game, which a lot of people point to, like, that's stupid. Like, that's a bad reason to get rid of a quarterback. Like, Josh Allen lost to the Jaguars. That's that's ridiculous. It's not college football, so, like, I, I hate that. Like, anyone could lose to anyone. Uh, and there's no backup plan. Like, if you had a contingency plan in place where you're like, hey, we got this guy in the draft we really like, I just don't think this quarterback class is very good. The Colts aren't drafting high enough to get it in one of the top-tier guys anyway. And I'm on the market. Yes. See, you look at the you think it from the Colts' perspective, though, it's like, what what are the pieces that they had that make you think that we are in a competitive window? You got Jonathan Taylor. You got a kid. You got a couple, you got some good old linemen, but even if Quentin Nelson was injured last year, uh, I mean the receivers, you had good ones in T.Y. Hilton, not anymore. Your defense improved, but it was not really where it needed to be in terms of uh, being a playoff team. I don't really see. I, I don't. I, I understand from their perspective. Hey, let's get this expensive quarterback who. We tried out and didn't really do. I mean, like they had the corpse of Phillips Rivers back there, and they made the playoffs. And then they get this this Carson Wentz, and like they can't do it. And I'm not pointing at the Jaguars game, but like the entire season. I mean, there were points where he was not what they needed him to be. And I think that they're just like, look, we're not going to win anything. Like I even you even look at the Titans, who I do not think are like that hot, that good of a football team. I think that like roster wise, they have some holes. 
But even like you compare the Colts with Carson Wentz to the Titans, I don't think I'm taking the Colts to you know win those games two, two times. It's just that I don't think they, they. I think they said they looked at their roster with this quarterback and said we're not doing anything. Let's get the draft capital future and figure out a quarterback. Maybe I mean yeah I mean we we will see now. Do you buy? I got two quarterback Trubisky's kind of been his, his stock's been rising the past couple of weeks do you buy Trubisky do you, would you have him as your like where, mean, where do you see him landing I buy the fact that he's like a nice guy but like, <laughs> I mean we saw what he was doing and people were like he was mismanaged in Chicago which is like kind of true we kind of see I mean uh, what's his name who's now back with the Chiefs Matt Nagy uh, yeah Matt Nagy I mean we saw what he did with Justin Fields it was not good one would say um, and but, like, I mean, dude, Mr. Trubisky, his throwing motion, like, his mechanics and his decision-making are just, like, not what you want. Uh, if you're, if you're like, I don't know, let's say you're the Lions right now, and it's like, you don't really want Jared Goff, you're like, maybe Mr. Trubisky could be good. I mean, I kind of get it, but I, I'm, I'm selling that. And he, he's a, he, he, this man needs to just cash checks. Get back up, bro. Cash your checks. You can be you can be the next Nick Foles or something like that. Everyone seems to like you. Uh, you know you got good looks. I need money, and then boom, you're good. And just hey, put that hand on the sideline, check out the iPad, and uh, maybe occasionally come in when someone gets hurt. So I think you should just treat that for his career choice. I heard a rumor that the Giants were interested in bringing him in, which I think would be the most baffling decision because like. Yeah, you either got to see what you have with Daniel Jones or, like, move on. But causing a quarterback competition would just be adding even more extra drama and setting neither of those guys up for success. Like, that was baffling to me. I think the Steelers, if he was going to sign as a starter, oh, yeah, that'd be the team. Yeah, I can see that. I think Mike Tomlin could maybe do something. Yeah, Trubisky. and, like, Big Ben, like, you look at both of them. He couldn't push the ball downfield, neither can Trubisky. The O-line stinks, but at least Trubisky's a little bit more mobile. So I, I think if he's going to go to a team, Pittsburgh would be the one that I would go to. I, I, I like that, actually. I think that's a, that could be a good decision. Did you watch? Now, you are you're, you consider yourself a diehard football fan, correct? I do. Did you watch the NFL Combine? You know, there was um, a couple hours of true, true boredom at the SIGF living room where we did flip on the Combine. Uh, I mean, some insane 40 times. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I saw some of the highlights. I thought that, I saw Malik Willis throw. Yeah, he looks good. I think he is the only one out of that class where I'm like, this guy is going to be the star in this league. He's almost like a more athletic, I, I, built version of Lamar. You know, his, there's so much finish point. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I just think he's like a built version of Lamar Jackson that throws a nicer football. But now, mind you, he was playing at Liberty, so like you don't know how good the competition is. And Lamar was playing at Louisville, and he was playing Clemson in some big games, and he won a Heisman. But Malik Willis, was he, 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 he jumped off the screen. I think Malik Willis has a very, very high ceiling. But I also think that realistically speaking, you saw at Liberty, I mean, you look at his tape, one thing that they did not do a lot with him is throw in the middle of the field because his accuracy was atrocious. It was very, it was not good. Granted, I mean, this this could be, this could be an, an, an exact thing of uh, Josh Allen. He played at Wyoming, not a big school. He had, he had every, every, like tangible thing you could want in a quarterback in terms of like mechanics, arm strength, you know, speed, running the ball, et cetera, et cetera. 
but like his accuracy was just very poor in college and like the decision making was pretty suspect at times now granted he got in a really good situation and he figured it out and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that could happen with Malik Willis will it happen I'm not sure if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL team though I'm burning my first round pick on I mean, you put him in the right spot, you coach him up correctly, I think he could be a phenomenal quarterback. Um, it's just the accuracy that really kind of concerns me. But uh, that is something that can be fixed. It doesn't happen often, but it can be fixed. That is a very good comp. I had never even thought about that, but I think that is an excellent comp. That is, that's the best one I have, that's the best one I have heard. I'll be honest though, I, I hate the combine. I think it is basically the underwear Olympics. It's an athletic test. Like, a lot of these guys, like, that guy from Georgia was jumping off. Like He was like, oh, like, look how good he was. I mean, guys train to do, like, the 40 time. When on earth is a lineman or a defensive lineman ever going to have to run a 40-yard dash? Like, for most of those guys, they will never have to run a 40 again in their life. So, I think it's got waste. Like, the tape will show if they can play or not. I, you know, it's a, it basically, it's an Olympics. Yeah. It's an Olympics. I, I think it's we, completely we, different we skill set. Malik Willis, like, had a big arm. Like, right. You saw, you watch one of his games in college, and you're like, okay, this dude can throw a nice deep ball. Like, I know that. It is throwing it to a receiver on air. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. What is that going to show me that, like, I haven't seen if I actually watched him play in college? Like, I think that was dumb. But uh, in terms of the combine, yeah, man, I think, like, besides Malik Willis, who I can't even assure will be good, I think he could be good potentially. I mean, maybe Matt Corral, maybe. I'm out on Pickett. Uh, yeah. I'm out on, like, the Carson Strongs of the world. Uh, I'm just, I don't really see a lot of uh, high-quality superstar potential um, that we saw from, like, last year's draft. Do you see, you know, we'll, we'll do this game again. We, we did this last week. Does a quarterback get picked in the top 10 this draft? Oh, I think it depends on the team. Do you have on hand the, like, top 10 teams? I can pull it up right now. I said yes, because uh, I, I feel like some of these teams get desperate. I know Detroit, hold on, let's yeah. see. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I don't think there's, besides, I think Ed Rusher is a, is a position that has a lot of depth um, mm-hmm. for this draft, but other than that, I mean, there's not a lot of, there's like, there's edge rushers and receivers, maybe some alignment out there, but I don't, I'm not seeing a ton of like, you know, the, the, the mild gears in the world where you're like, oh my goodness, this is like a franchise altering player right here. I don't see a ton of that. I see a lot of really, really quality depth. Um, and so I'm thinking if you're, if you're a team with a quarterback, uh, I mean, honestly, the hard part is, is just what to do with them after you draft them. Right. So I think, but I think, I think drafting them, you know, I, I, I'm thinking Malik Willis definitely goes top 10, and then I think uh, you can see a flyer on uh, some of these other guys, but I honestly think a lot of these dudes are like Drew Locks of the world, where they can go in the second round, maybe good, maybe not, we don't really know, if we need a quarterback, let's find out. Here's the top 10. It's uh, It goes uh, Jaguars, uh, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, Panthers, Giants, Falcons, Seahawks, Jets. I can see the Seahawks. I can see the Falcons. Um, hey, you know what? If you're the Falcons right now, I'm thinking, hey, let's run Matt Ryan back out there. He's still showing that he's got some decent football left in him. Draft quarterback. There's a little Patrick Mahomes thing, which is like not like a guaranteed success, but you know it certainly helps. Um, yeah, and then. Yeah, if I'm the Lions, I mean, it's just tough. Like, 
he was the second overall pick. Like, are we going to take a flyer? Are we going to make this massive gamble with yeah. the second overall pick where we could pick anyone on the board? Um, but uh, honestly, though, if I'm the Lions, I'm taking a home lineman, I'm taking a receiver, something like that, and I'm just waiting for Bryce Young next year. I can see it. And honestly, I think great minds think alike, apparently. I pulled up CBS to like find out the draft order. They have three mock drafts here. All of them have the Falcons taking a quarterback. They all have them taking Malik Willis. So I think they're on to yeah, yeah. yeah, It makes sense, too, especially with Malik Willis. You let him sit behind Matt Ryan a year. I mean, yeah. you, that, that's good. Don't have to rush him out. Malik Willis and Trey Lance are two dudes who, like, uh, they also, like, haven't played at college. Right, right. Barely an experience. They could definitely use some time to just, like, develop as a player in general, not just as a thrower of the football. Two more before I let you go. First off, we got to talk, you know, you gained to face the franchise this week. Uh, the Bears lost one of theirs and Khalil Mack. I remember the day we traded for him, and I was so excited. Uh, I remember texting Patrick Cushman. I was like, hey, like, you think we're going to win the division now? And he's like, what are you talking about? And we have Khalil Mack. I was like, yeah, in your face. Then his first game, Sunday Night Football, the the touchdown return, the strips. I, I love Khalil. Um, but I think it makes sense that they traded him. Now, I was pretty pissed. He goes to the Chargers. And the haul we got in return was a second and a sixth. And what did you guys get for Vaughn Miller for half a season? Second and a third. Yeah. And third. That, that to me is ridiculous. Now, and I, the Bears probably needed to free up some money. They weren't going to win with Khalil Mack, which makes sense. So I get that. They wanted to free up some money. And he's 31 years old. He hasn't had a double-digit sack season the past three years. I get all that. I feel like they probably could have gotten a little more. And I really like that move. I really like that move for the Chargers, too, because that's a team that you got your quarterback in place. I like the running. Austin Eckler's a stud. I think you got some outside weapons. Really, all they're missing, they just got to figure the defense out, and you get two good pass rushers in a division with a lot of good quarterbacks. That's the best way to offset them. So now you get Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack lined up opposite of each other. That could be scary. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And from the Bears' perspective, I mean, yeah, I think if you're the Bears, you're shedding all non-building blocks of the future. Yeah. Like the Roquan Smith, obviously, Justin Fields, um, you know, any old lineman, anything. I think if there's any, um, I mean, even like, hey, Jackson, man. Like the Bears, the Bears are kind of in like the Jets position right now. They have like, you know, you got, you're trying to build the young talent. Get those draft picks, uh, you know, free up money so you can make those big splash moves. Um, in the future, uh, so I understand it, but yeah, I, I don't think they got a good return at all for Khalil Mack, who's, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he's 31, he got injured last year, but, you know, I could sense that many, so maybe some of the injuries last year were not injuries, more of, uh, I don't really want to play for this, uh, this team that's going nowhere fast, uh, especially with right. the whole coaching situation, um, uh, I mean, Akeem Hicks definitely was probably out a couple more games than his injury, like, warranted, you know what I mean? Totally agree. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I think they got, like, a premier pass rusher for a second and a sixth. Like, I mean, you pretty much only got, I mean, you pretty much only got one draft pick back. It's like six round picks. Or really? Yeah, honestly. And, well, and they needed to regain some draft capital because they've traded away a bunch. So, like, that was another reason I could understand trading it. But, like, that is a light return. And the other thing that was baffling to me, and, like, Ryan pulls, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I think it was a good hire. Like, I liked his work resume at yeah, KC. Yeah, I agree. But already... You hire Matt Eberflus, defensive head coach, and I think the future has to be about developing Justin Fields. So now you got a defensive head coach. 
So there's a risk of Fields performs while you're going to be going through coordinators, a lot of instability there. So that I didn't really care for. I think in today's NFL, we saw, look at all the coaches that got fired. Vic Fangio, Mike Zimmer, it's a lot of defensive head coaches. So that I didn't really like, hiring the defensive head coach. Then your second move with your defensive head coach is trade away your best defensive player. So it's like, I mean, are you even, I, I, so I don't know. I yeah. Little red flags, giving them the benefit of the doubt, but like, slightly concerned. I mean, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking like Khalil Mack for like Khalil Mack and like a fourth round pick for like a first and like a mid round pick. I mean, I think a first. I think Khalil Mack is the type of player that wants at least one first round pick. I mean, I mean, Jamal Adams got two, bro. Yeah. Like, and that might, that might be like the Seahawks' fault for being stupid, but like, you you get these premier dudes, you gotta get you gotta get draft capital for them. Obviously, they are paying the entirety of his salary. The Chargers are. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. Or even two seconds. I would have taken two seconds, too. A first or two seconds, I'm fine with that. But, yeah. But honestly, good for the Chargers. I mean, they got, a, they got a really good QB who's on his rookie contract. They're taking full advantage of that fact. They can pay other players. They can trade for other players. So, you know, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good, uh, good move for them. I almost think it was a response, too, to the Wilson move. I don't know if it was on their initial plans, but I think they see that, and they're like, oh, crap, it's, it's an arms race. That division's going to be, you're right, you said it earlier, that, that's going to be some primetime, much-watch uh, football. Finally, it's more of a casual baseball fan. You know, they had that whole lockout, kind of an eyesore on the league. It was ugly. Does it affect how you view the MLB going forward? Did you blame the owners? Do you blame the players? Do you not care? You're just happy they're back. Um, I definitely think, I mean, I, it was interesting. The political narratives were fascinating in this, considering it's just, it's just a sports league after all. It's just right. baseball after all. It's just a game. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I don't know. People, people were trying to make, it's like the millionaires versus billionaires. And I'm like, look, there are a lot of people in terms of the players of the Major League Baseball Association. There's a lot of dudes who are not making a lot of money. You look at all the 40-man rosters, you got a couple guys on there that are getting the big bucks, but the majority of them are not. I think this is, this was a, this was, this definitely negatively affected how I view the sport of baseball. The fact that, like, they're willing to cancel games, they're willing to, like, remove the product that every fan wants to see, regardless of their team. They just want to see their team out there. They're trying to enjoy the sport. And the fact that they have these, like, I mean, international drafts, uh, you know, the pitch clocks, these seemingly minute details that they're willing to just erase games for. I thought, I, I found that to be just a horrible look. And I, I, I honestly, like, you can't really convince me otherwise that, like, a lot of the owners and, uh, the Rob Manfred especially, you can't really convince me at this point that their top priority is the sport of baseball. It's money. Which, I understand everything's a business, but, like, I don't know. That was just not a good look. The the whole thing, where they were going to have a deal done in place, like, super late at night, and then it, like, didn't end up going through, and the players were... I mean, you could read any of their tweets, Instagram posts, or whatever. They were not happy. And so... And honestly, it, it, it really does stink for me, especially as, like, a Cubs fan. I mean, our ownership, I'm not a fan of. Like, I think... And they, they, they're a good example of, like, I don't really think... I mean, they're, they're, they're more concerned about people buying drinks in Wrigleyville than, like, the quality of the baseball team that they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. I honestly, like, that's, which it is what it is, but, you know, it's just, yeah, it definitely negatively affected how I do the league. 
I oh I and you know for especially speaking of the Cubs for someone that just like you know they're they're always crying poor the Ricketts I thought I think I read something they're trying to buy a part of Chelsea so it's like yeah. so that's where all your baseball money's going. They're talking about biblical losses. That's that was the quote: biblical losses from COVID. And it's like, dude, like I understand that was a very unprecedented, very negative thing that happened to every single sports league. That does not give you an excuse to to you know cancel seat games and all this over money. You're still raking in billions. Like it's not an excuse. And I think that I mean, there's all, we already know that like the minor league like. The minor league players and like that whole thing is like not good. These guys are like Uber drivers at the time because they're getting paid like crap, living in crappy housing situations. And now the owners are going to go out there and like make a stink about like the, 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 the minute details and like the billions and billions that they're making in. I'm like, really, man? It, it, it's just, uh, like, yeah, it was the representation of like, yeah, these, these billionaire owners don't give a crap about anything else besides their bottom line pop profit. Oh, I know. It was infuriating. And then, you know, a lot of these leaks were coming out through the owners, too, to make the play. And look, like, I mean, like, there's time, like, I was on the player side. I'm not saying they weren't at fault for driving this. Like, they were being stubborn at points, but, like, they deserve to be. Yeah. They got railed in the last CBA, and they're trying to make up for it. So, like, I, I get it. Uh, I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad that they got rid of the seven-inning doubleheaders, and they, they are going to play 162. Um, so, they got it worked out. Thank God yeah. that is yeah. behind us. No more, hey, no more man on second base in extra innings. That was stupid. I hope they never do that again. Yeah, I, you know, that one I got used to, but like, I agree. I'm glad they, they're, they're fixed. Some of the things they rolled back on, I, I was, I was glad. The shift thing I think is still stupid that they have to get rid of the shift. It's like, just learn how to hit opposite field. But that's another argument for another day. Um, alright, I actually, I lied. There's two more small things I do want to get to very quickly. Um, Calvin Ridley, and I almost forgot because that was a huge story that broke, and then I completely forgot about it with the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and all the other stuff it got buried by, but he gets suspended for the full season for, for gambling, um, which overall, it's weird, but like people complaining that like they don't, like it was too harsh, here's my thought on it, and like optically, does it look bad because Ray Rice, you know, he's punching someone and he only gets a four-game suspension, and some of the other stuff, Tyreek Hill doesn't get suspended for his checkered pass, like I, I get that. But I think they make it very clear that, like, if you're a player, you, you can't be betting on games. And first off, I think the gambling epidemic with football, it's almost infiltrated it too much. Like, you can't watch a game without, like, the league sponsored by it. So it's already a slippery slope as it is with all the gambling thing. But for the players, they make it very clear. They got signs in the locker room. They have symposiums. Like, it's very clear cut. Don't bet on your sport. You can bet on college basketball. You can go bet on the NBA. You can bet on the MLB. But we bet on whatever you want. You cannot bet on the NFL. And it makes sense because these players, it's almost like insider trading. You know the games better than anyone else. You can see the injury reports beforehand, what's moving the lines. Like, it's like, and I, I get it wasn't a whole lot of money in the grand scheme of things he bet, but like, they make it pretty clear cut. It's a slippery slope. And just ask Pete Rose, like, what it cost him. Like, he got a severe punishment for, for betting on games and he bet on his own team. So I think, I think it was fair. I think the people defending Calvin Ridley, I think it's absurd, especially when you're, you're taking time away from the team. They find out that you're betting on games and stuff and you know it's not the rules. I, I, I think he deserved to be suspended for a year. Guys, have you cash out 
$800, go give it to your buddy who's on DraftKings app, sitting, there, sitting at his house, smoking weed, even though that's not allowed either, and, you know, put some parlays down. You cannot convince me that this is not happening. Is he dumb for doing it with his own account? Absolutely. At the same time, we have people physically beating other human beings, like, like hurting them. Like, Greg, Greg, uh, Ray Gregory, the Cowboys player, Ray Rice, and they're beating women. It is domestic violence. That is a crime. You cannot do that whether you're an NFL player or not. Zeke Elliott, in the same situation, he got six games an entire season for $1,500 of betting in games that he was not even a part of. He wasn't even, he wasn't even with the team at the time. He was out. I mean, like, I, I understand. I am not, I am not surprised that this happened because the NFL is going to make an example. They say, hey, you know, we care about our money too a lot more than a lot of people and we're not going to let our money get messed with by players betting on games. We cannot have it uh, where, you know, players are, you know, uh, betting on games. It's, it's bet, uh, like you said, all the points on players betting on games is, is fair. But at the same time, we had players literally cheating. With a literal cheater. They were filled, the spy gate, the play gate, they were actually cheating in the games, which is even bigger than like fixing them. And at the same time, we have owners pay coaches to lose games. It's not, it, and then Brian Flores is not the only example. You saw what Hugh Jackson was tweeting about at the same time. He's like, yeah, I got my checks too for losing games. There is so much worse stuff going on in the NFL that I think it, I think it's absolutely absurd that he gets suspended for an entire year. We, we ran, I, I actually looked it up. I was trying to figure out when was the last court time a player was suspended for an entire year besides Josh Gordon for smoking some dope. I mean, I think, and I'm not surprised. Like, I, uh, I'm not surprised at all that the NFL has done this. They, they make, they make examples out of players. They're not going to let their money get touched. But at the same time, like, oh my goodness. This is what we, this is the biggest thing we care about is a dude putting three parlays down on his team beating the Jaguars. Like, crap, I would do the same thing, bro. Like, I don't know. It, it is what it is. And, you know, he's going to get suspended for the year. It, it, like, he shouldn't have done it. He's stupid for doing it in such a, such an obvious way. But like, I feel like, like, I don't know. I don't understand where it's like, oh, you cannot be betting on it. Like, it's, it's not the biggest, it's not the biggest issue that the NFL has had in terms of like, you know, the quality of their sport, even, even the integrity of their games. We've had cheating caught before. We have, we have teams tanking, obviously. It's, you know, it's, I, I don't know. No, I think that is a fair point. I think that is definitely, definitely a fair point. Um, some of the other stuff they do need to get, they get optically, I can see where, I can see where it looks bad. But I think, and you, you alluded to it. I was about sending a message because all yeah. of a sudden now that, and the gambling thing, it's going to get bigger and bigger because now that more and more states are going to legalize it. So the, if people think the integrity of the game's in question and like people are going to be fixing it, it's just, I think they're trying to, they're trying to send a message to everyone else. It's like, hey, we told you, you can't do it. This is this is the punishment. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we shall see. All right, last thing here is the big Russell Westbrook defender. It's been a disaster, objectively speaking, in L.A. A lot of people out here are calling it one of the worst trades uh, in NBA history. Now, look, I think the Lakers have a lot more problems than just Russell Westbrook. Um you know, at least he hustles on a nightly basis. Like, he, 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 but I think his rigidness to not accept a role off the bench or anything, and you know, a lot of pushback with reporters. There's there's reports that he's going to be gone by the end of this year. Like, he will not be back with the Lakers next year. Do, do you defend your guy? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Russ? Probably going to be on his fifth team in, in five years here. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to defend him. Like, 
like I mean, people are out here talking about him like he's like one of the, like he's like a one of the worst players in the NBA. I mean, like I understand it's one of those things where it's like when you sign that forty-four million dollar year contract, like you know, it's gonna it's gonna stick with you because you're not out. You're obviously not gonna be as good as you always are when you sign that contract. So you're gonna have you got like a, a lot to live up to. I mean, we talk about like Kirk Cousins and all these dudes. It's like you know, it's not about the fact about their play. It's about the money that they're earning and what they gave up to get him and all that stuff. Um, I mean, look, the Lakers are a complete shit show in terms of their roster. I mean, they have they have, they have their two stars, one of which is in year nineteen. Who's, I mean, LeBron. The fact that he's still putting up fifty six points in a game is actually insane. Mm-hmm. You already saw that. Like he had this insane effort against Golden State, and he did not play the next game because his knees were like weenie afterwards. I mean, he's old. And then you have Anthony Davis, who like I'm not trying to shit talk him because like I like these players get injured, and uh, it is what it is. I'm not going to fault him for that, but like he never plays. And then the guys that they filled in, I mean Kendrick Nunn hasn't really seen, hasn't even seen the court yet. Ken Bazemore is a complete scrub. You have the corpse of Dwight Howard out there who can barely do anything. I mean they had DeAndre Jordan starting NBA. That cannot happen if you're trying to win a championship. So I think it's one of those things where obviously people are gonna. You know, talking about Russell Westbrook, like, he is the problem. He is a problem. He has not been performing well this season. But I think he's in a really bad position. And I think with him, without him, put Buddy Heald on that team. Put DeMar DeRozan, who's having a phenomenal year. I don't see them being much better than they are right now. I mean, I think DeMar DeRozan was, like, their biggest, best realistic option this offseason. And I think if he's on this team, six seed, five seed maybe, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than that. Uh... Depth is horrible. I mean, the fact that the, this should have been the season where, like, LeBron James is not, like, their biggest star. You know what I mean? Yeah. He should have been Anthony Davis. It should be the Anthony Davis show. He's never out there. I guess it could be the Russell Westbrook show, but he's also, like, I mean, kind of on the back end of his career. So it's not like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that uh, the Lakers are just not a good basketball team right now. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Not solely because of Russell Westbrook, but he's a, he's a problem, but... I think I do think though, like it's easy to hate on him because he's had some crappy games. But like he's he's a high paced player, and when they play high pace, you saw what he can do with some of these guys. But they just, I mean, I mean the fact that when Carmelo Anthony in year whatever year he's in, I didn't even think he was going to be in a league much longer after that horrible thunder stint he had. The fact that him getting injured is like a massive blow to the roster tells you a lot. It does. I that. They got so many problems. Like, that is such a fascinating train wreck to watch. It's almost like you see, like, the flaming car on the side of the highway. And, like, you know it's ugly, but you can't look away. That's, like, that's what I feel. And I, every, I always watch this this team. And you know they're, t- like, last night they played the Rockets. And the Rockets, like, Russ played it. Westbrook actually had one of his better games of the year. <laughs> the fact they still lost to the Rockets. One of the, the worst team in basketball, I think. It's it's terrible. Uh, yeah, and I don't disagree. And I think Russ is definitely he deserves a share of the blame, but it's definitely not all on him. He gets. I think he's a scapegoat more more often than not. But oh, it's horrible. I have this gorgeous purple and gold Lakers jersey that I just want to wear to a party. But I know if I'm playing BP with the Russell Westbrook jersey on, I just know. The, the chirps, the shit-talking <laughs> will just be never-ending. So I can't even put it on. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's like... <laughs> $23 to some Chinese jersey company. 
the full Russell uh, Wells uh, Westbrook experience. I mean, he, he's complaining about getting chirped at at these games too. Which I, I will say that is, I, I mean, Westbrook. You know, I get it. I think he has, he has like a problem with it, which I understand. But the fact that he was saying that he cannot bring his family to home games because of what that what will be said, I think that's extremely disappointing. And if I was a Lakers fan, I'd honestly be pretty ashamed that like my player doesn't even want his family to watch him play because of like what fans will say. I think that's that's pretty pretty disappointing for Lakers fans. So that that is. And then this is something that, like, obviously, like, affects you as a player. Like, you're not, like, that's not good. It's not going to help you. Um, and you want to have mental toughness. I understand. But at the same time, that, that's tough. That's really tough. No, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. And mind you, when I've been to the the few Laker games I've been, I've been way up in the nosebleeds. But so I'm sure it's worse the close they get to the court. But a lot of these guys too, you see them chirping back with fans, and I think by saying stuff like that, he's just adding fuel to the fire. Like people are gonna want to call him because now they know it bothers them. Calling him Westbrook yeah. is like the main thing. So what do you think's gonna happen? They're gonna call it even more. I, so I, I, yeah, I, I do think that was something that like if I was in the shoes, I would have not done. Probably not myself. the best. Yeah, but I mean. I don't know. Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. I don't think that anything, anything. See, that, that's the hardest part about it. And I'll, and I'll end on this. It's like he plays a style of basketball that you have to be very young and athletic to be successful. In yeah. No, it, I. It's just not. It's just not there anymore, and it's it sucks. But like that's the way he plays, and like I think that I think the Lakers though. I think the Lakers should have done a little more. Uh, I don't know. They should. They should have really, really, really evaluated this decision. That they were gonna make, um, but I'll say, I mean, hey, him and, him and Anthony Davis together at full strength, I think, would have been a really good combo. How many times have we seen it? Like, it definitely, it? yeah. It would have changed the dynamic because when they brought in Westbrook, I don't think. Well, I one, I think it was partly because they saw the Nets and that whole arms race. They're like, oh, we need a third star now too to compete with them. But I think when they brought in Westbrook. It was because they were like, okay, AD's going to be the guy that runs the show. LeBron's going to be like our 1A. All you have to do is just be like a very good role player. And now he's kind of been thrust into like, you need to be the second star. And at this yeah. point of his career, that's not not who he is. Um, and LeBron is a facilitator usually. And Russ is not a very good shooter. He's never been a good shooter. So like when he has the ball out of his hand, like what are they going to have him do? Like shoot spot up three? So it's just, I don't know. They, they, they don't really fit together stylistically yeah, I either. Agree. I agree. I completely agree. Which is too bad, because I actually kind of liked what he was doing in Washington. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. It looks like you're going to begin buying another jersey this time next year yeah, to add to the collection. I, I, think, I think my stand, it depends on what happens this year, but I definitely think I, I am at least like one to two years away from fully uh, turning into an Anthony Edwards stand while <laughs> the exact same way. Um, I think he's my next guy. Uh, so... You know who I like? Well, besides Ja Morant. And actually, this is a point I was going to make, but we 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 basically taken up all the time. So I'll end... Well, I'm worried this is going to open up another can of worms. But... And I love Ja Morant. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He reminds me of a young Derrick Rose. Uh, you know, he's, he's electric. He's electric. Grit and grind. I'm off with the Grizzlies. I would argue... I saw this on Twitter, though. Who would you rather take? Who would you rather build your franchise around? Ja Morant... Or Jason Tatum. And I say this again, I love Ja Morant. We went to mid-ranger school. I think I would rather take Jason Tatum moving forward, though, just because of his style. I think he's a better shooter. And Ja, I, I can see injuries being a problem down the road. He's a little he's a little thin. And I like Ja better as of right now. But I think next 10 years, I think I'd take Tatum. Hmm. It's interesting 
it, it kind of depends for me if John Morant will develop his shooting ability in the future. Because I think that's not really something that's a part of his game right now. Right. Which is fine. It's, uh, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. I mean, he was not that guy in college, and he's not that guy really right now. But if he can develop that, I think right now, I think if you take, if you go year two, players are in their second year in the NBA, I'm taking John Morant. And we've seen what Jason Tatum can do after that. Oh, I agree. And the Hall of Fame talent, just longevity-wise, though, that that style, unless he develops a little bit more of a shot, which he can shoot, and he'll knock down the occasional three at like a half quarter the other night as a human highlight reel. But like that style's very hard on your knees. I, that, that's what worries me because I see him and Derrick Rose. Some of the some of the dunk attempts he tries, I'm like, oh man, dude, like like. I, it, it makes me scared to watch him land sometimes. I'm like, oh, he's gonna like break his leg right here, right now. Right. Yeah, you're constantly holding your breath watching that bad yeah. butt. Yeah. We shall see. I, last question. Last one. Who are you picking to win the finals? Who's your Who's your favorite right now? Oh, right now. Honestly, everything stays healthy. I'm going to mess. Really? Oh, see, they're a year away. They don't have the chemistry figured out yet. I, I don't I see think, it. I think that Ben Simmons, if he can just... And he doesn't even have to shoot the ball anymore. Dude, go up there, play defense, pass Kevin Durant. Think you can do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all he wants to do. Play defense and pass the ball? He could not be in a better position. We're talking about him as one of the defensive players of the year. In, in, in recent years. All he's got to do is play defense and pass. If Kyrie and Kevin Durant can stay healthy... And they got Seth, they got Seth Curry too. That's a really good piece. Andre Drummond kind of stinks, but he can be decent at times. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving Ooh. and uh, a good defensive guy. That that's I don't know. That's a scary big three. It is, but their playing games right now would probably be on the road. And you're not going to have Kyrie for either of those. So that puts Ben in a bigger role. They haven't played all together all that much. By the time he gets back, they're, they're going to have less than a month. And even with all three of them playing, they're only playing the road games as of right now. I I think that team could be good. I can't believe I even have to bring up that like a vaccine status in terms of will my NBA player play or not in a basketball game. Right. But that does affect it. I will say, though, hey, man. Suns and the Bucks. I mean, they haven't really dropped off. I, I, I don't. They, I agree. Both of the finals last year, and like nothing really changed in terms of their quality. So I could definitely see them being back there. Um, yeah. The Bucks would probably be the team that I roll, and that's not the you know the original. Eh, I'm not going out on much of a limb there, but the Bucks would probably be my front runners right now. That that team looks good, yeah. man. Uh, but yeah. I, like, but I, I don't really trust any of them. No. A lot of chokers in that in that sphere, specifically Doc Rivers. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it work. Totally but. agree, a hundred percent. Oh my god! Well, they got rid of all their depth, and I like the Harden and Bead fit. Like that's a fun fit. But do you really trust Harden in the playoffs? Hey, he's he has a track record of, st- and he got the Doc. Yeah, no, completely I, I, agree. Same. Um, but like, I mean, these their games last like hours. I mean, they're so stopped because they're they're getting their best out every time they get the ball. I have two of them. 
It's yeah, I I agree, man. I could sit here and talk sports with you all night. It's been a while. I mean, I'm glad we got to. Yeah. You're gonna have to come back on uh, after Russ wins his first. Now, now the Broncos are actually a competitive football team. I am definitely willing to get on more. Yeah, last well, thing, last thing I'll bring up. Last yeah, thing I'll bring up. I haven't been on the show in a while, which means I highly doubt we have talked. You've talked about Champions League in a while, but I'll tell you what, PSG not getting knocked out by Real Madrid. Dude, who's your best soccer player in the world right now? Your opinion. Best soccer player in the world right now? I, I think it's Kylian Mbappe, honestly. I, I mean, yeah. there's a lot to pick from, but uh, I think, I mean, that dude's insane. And uh, I was I was, I was, was quite shocked that they let, they choked away that game to uh, Real Madrid, but uh, yeah. What are you going to do? All right, well, we'll have to track some more Champions League. Now, you have an excuse, now I have an excuse to reel you back in. It's so hard. Marshall's such a big celebrity nowadays. Uh, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to book them for these things. But I appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck to your Broncos. What the, now? The stat padding agenda is over. Your propaganda campaign paid, paid off. Hey, all we need to do is get Javante Williams those yards, and then Russell Wilson waves no trade calls for us. It's paid off in the end, baby. Speaking of Javante Williams, we got a new promotion for you. Uh, we got our Belly Up Sportsnet, who we just partnered with. Uh, they, uh, just, I, I should pull up the read here. This is terrible. Um, but they're, they're auctioning off a, a jersey. Uh, it's a free competition. All you have to do is like Belly Up Sports, retweet their tweet. It's on our Twitter too. You can find it at Pristine Auction. They're giving away Javante Williams signed jersey. So you just sign up with the promo code Belly. Yeah. On door, you go to Dorm Room Disputes Twitter if you have not already. Go there. We've retweeted already. You just have to like and retweet that tweet, and then follow the link. You sign up, use the code Belly, and you could be. We don't have to even have to buy anything, but they're giving away Javante Williams jersey. Definitely check that out. That is all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week.